Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. I'm delighted today to get to uh, kick off our Christmas series. It's going to last for four weeks, and it is titled The Light of Life uh, out of John chapter 8, verse 12. And this verse says again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Say the light of life. So, Father, I thank you this morning for the joy, the opportunity to bring your word to my family here. I ask your blessing, your anointing to be rich, fresh, stir up in our hearts faith, stir up hope, stir up, Father, the belief uh, of what is radically important in our life, and that is Jesus is your Son. He is the Son of God. He came to this world for us, for our benefit. He died a horrible death so that his blood could be shed for the redemption of our sins so that we could be forgiven and live with you for eternity. And so we're thankful today for the light of life. We're thankful today that Jesus is the light of the world. And I ask today, Father, that uh, anyone that's listening to this online, listening this week on a podcast or sitting in this room that does not have a personal relationship with you, that today they will be stirred in their heart at the end of this service to invite you, Jesus, to be the light of their life. And I give you thanks, Father, for all that you're doing and all you're going to do. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen and amen. So, uh, my family uh, went to a movie um, the day after Thanksgiving. And uh, Jess, what was the name of that movie? The Journey to Bethlehem. I didn't know until I got there it was a musical. <laughs> Hello, somebody. You know Andrew and I were happy. We, were, we had our happy faces on. But the music was good, so I, I turned out really enjoying the movie. I think maybe even more than my wife did. She, uh, she had uh, her thoughts on some of the, some of the, some of the music. And, uh, but uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the story of Mary and Joseph and... Um, I enjoyed the ending of the story. I enjoyed the, the uh, three wise men getting to see a theatrical presentation of maybe uh, what they looked like or what they thought or what they believed or whatever. It, they might be completely off kilter, but anyhow, it, ga- it gave us a view of it. So there was, uh, uh, we had a couple of rows of family there together, and it was enjoyable in the sense that I got to think again about the story, the Christmas story, and uh, probably my favorite was written uh, by Dr. Luke, Luke the physician, Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2. I would encourage you over the holidays to take time, especially those of you with children, read through the story of uh, the prophetic word of Jesus coming and then the story of his coming and and think about it in the in one sense I guess seeing it in a movie all of a sudden it made me think about something I have never thought about before and that was seriously how did Mary deal with being told 
she was with child. I mean, I thought about it once or twice in some kind of way, but I'm sitting in this movie going, dude, seriously, you think about it. What would have happened if Mary would have said, I don't care what you got to say, that ain't happening. I mean, you think about it. She could have said to God, and I don't believe God would have, now I know God knew her heart. I, I know that's why uh, Gabriel was sent to her and not to her, you know, her sisters or her, some, some other woman. Mary obviously had something with Father God. And, and, and when you read the story, you realize that she had no hesitation. Her simple word was, you know, as you say it, so be it. And then she had to tell the man that was about to marry her. I don't know about y'all, but if my wife would have come telling me that, I would have struggled. And in the movie, Joseph struggled. But not only, hold it, did Joseph struggle, Mary's mom and dad struggled. And Joseph's mom and dad, come on somebody, you're about to bring this woman into your family, and she comes and tells you, uh, I'm with child. But don't worry, I haven't been with a man. I mean, seriously, think about it. Does that sound like she's been smoking crack? <laughs> I mean, I was on an island this week, and there was the smell of Mary J all over the place, everywhere we went, Francis is like, man, do you smell that? That's like, you can't help but smell it. But she had to tell Joseph. She had to tell his parents. And the movie made a theatrical presentation of it, and rejection was there. But Mary believed. And we're sitting here today because she believed. Think about it. It's fascinating to me. I love the fact we get to live in 2023. I mean, we got The Chosen. (laughs) We got Bethlehem movies. We got stuff that helps us to visually see what we've only read about in the past. And you can read about something and then you can experience something. Like I had read about and visualized and seen people jump out of airplanes. But I, can I tell you, <laughs> it's a different story. When you step your foot out that door, it becomes reality. I mean, all of a sudden, all the training and all the whatever, you step your foot out that door. And your life has changed. Mary believed, and her life was changed. And our life was changed because she was willing to accept this angel saying to her, you're with child. The same thing. So I'm sitting there in the theater, and I'm I'm visualizing what 
We know, you know, that Joseph's going to come around. But at some point early in the movie, it looks like, well, there must have been a, like a second Joseph. Because the first one, he, he can't wrap his head around this. And his parents are furious. And her parents are upset. So they send her away to her cousin Elizabeth. She doesn't fight them. She goes. And so as I'm watching the movie and I realize at some point Joseph is going to have a revelation, an angelic experience, he's going to be told it's okay. It's okay. It's okay, Joseph. It's okay for what? It's okay to believe her. She needed him to believe her. She didn't need him just to take her as his wife. She needed him to believe her. I'd never thought about that until I sat in this movie in the oldest theater in Gainesville. A raggedy old thing. We used to have church there. <laughs> Actually, the one we had was so raggedy, they tore it down and built the other raggedy one. How many of you were in church when popcorn was being popped while we were? How many of you were here? Raise your hand. Hi. Look at that. Come on, give it up for these folks that stayed through the popcorn and the sticky Coke on the floor. You come to church and you go, <laughs> and then halfway through my preaching, Right, right when it's time to do an altar call, man, they got the popcorn smell just go, going through it. And it was a dollar theater, too, so you know we're getting some, never mind. Uh, but Mary believed, and she needed Joseph to believe. And he came around, he had the experience, and he took her. And I started thinking about my salvation, your salvation. At some point, you heard something, and you had to make a decision with what you just heard. Because the not believing held serious consequences. See, not when you just knew in your head that God was real and that his son Jesus Christ was his son and had come from heaven and had done everything that the word says that he did and died and went to a grave and was risen and went back to heaven, making intercession for you and I. You, you knew that it was real. But knowing something and committing to that and surrendering to that to where he becomes the light of your world, not the light of the world, the light of your world. Something happened. Howard, you remember when it happened? Nick, you remember when it happened? I remember, I was eight years old. And I didn't understand everything I'm saying today, but this I knew, and that was, I believed in God, I believed in heaven, I believed in Jesus, I believed in the devil, and I believed in hell. And I did not want 
to go to hell no matter how many of my friends were going. Something happened. You had an experience that you had to make a choice, you had to choose, and in choosing, it was going to change your life forever. Think about it. See, I don't know your story. I know my wife's story. I know a few of your stories. But I know my story. And at eight years of age, having a personal revelation to the point where I knew I had to get to the altar. Back then, you just couldn't raise your hand. You had to get to the altar. (laughs) And I was sitting way over there, about three rows from the back, when that preacher opened up the altar, and I literally ran down the side altar at eight years of age with the desire to know God. Mary had this desire to be obedient to everything her dad had taught her, everything that she understood and knew about their Jewish history. Mary had a love for God, but she had a moment when she had to choose. And I choose to believe this word that was spoken. And when you made a decision to say, I choose to believe, then something has to back up your belief system. Actions have to follow what you say you confess. I want to go back to John chapter 8. Love this story. Some of you might go, well, how in the world does this fit in with anything about Christmas? It does. John chapter 8, verse 1 But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning. He came again to the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, you can't read this story without stopping and going, hold it, hold it, hold it. Time out. Give me a 30. You can't commit adultery by yourself. Right? (laughs) Where's the man in this picture? (laughs) Amen, sister. (laughs) Whatever you said, I agree with you. Well, the man... Could have been one of their brothers, sons, daddies, cousins, priests, leaders. No, no sign of him. Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Our law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? Think about it. Pause the story and go back to Mary. She's telling this man she's going to marry that she's with child. But Joseph, seriously, don't worry about it. I promise you haven't known a man. I mean, we've read this story for years. And it's still sometimes hard to wrap your brain around it. I mean, 
Did she conceive the moment Gabriel told her? Did she conceive the moment she agreed and spoke with her mouth? What you say, let it come to pass. Obviously, the story, we know where it goes, but that place there in the middle, you have to just let your mind go, wow, what was it like for Mary? I mean, who, who, who did she tell first? Probably her mama. <laughs> now, in this movie, she had two sisters. Um, and uh, so, so who did she tell first? <laughs> who was the first one that looked at her like, you really, seriously, girl, been out in the sun too long? <laughs> You're declaring something that they believed was impossible. We look back today, we know it's not. got a testimony on Friday morning that I'm not going to tell you all about, except to say that the words she got from her doctor, she had, to cho- she had to make a choice. Do I believe what I'm being told? Do I believe what I feel? Do I believe this growth in my stomach? Do I believe this pain I'm feeling? Or can I believe that my God is well able? See, all of us have a story. All of us have something where we have been, where we have had to make the decision like Mary did. What are we going to believe? So here's this poor woman. She's been drugged in, thrown at the feet of Jesus. And she hears these men asking his permission to stone her. What's she thinking? What's she praying? What what has she heard about Jesus? This they said to test him, verse 6, that they might have some charge to bring against him, but Jesus bent down and began to write with his finger, on the ground. Now, I've heard every kind of story about what Jesus was writing. <laughs> you've been to Bible college, you've heard it all. <laughs> Jesus was writing the names of all the men that had been with this woman. Jesus was, was writing their sins out. I mean, it doesn't matter, does it? All that matters is, instead of giving them the answer they wanted, he squats down begins to write in the sand. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and he said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone. Then he knelt back down. What was Jesus thinking? I mean, did he know that no one was going to have the guts to throw a stone? I mean, were there stones all around on the ground? Did they come with rocks in their hands? They were ready to stone this woman. They were testing Jesus to see what he would say or do, and they did not get the answer they expected. 
So he bent back down and he wrote on the ground again. But when they heard it, they began to disperse one by one, beginning <laughs> with the old guys. <laughs> That's what he says. Beginning with the older ones. Man, they start thinking about all the sins they've committed. He who is without sin casts the first one. And, and they, they, they start dropping rocks. I mean, they could, they could have built an altar with all the rocks that were left over. They start dropping rocks, and one by one, beginning with the old guys, they begin to disappear. Jesus stands up and he says to her, Woman, where are they? Where are they? Has no one condemned you? And he says, looks her in the eye. And he says, neither do I. Doesn't stop there. Neither do I. But go and sin no more. You have the power within you. You don't need this life. You don't need this lifestyle. Go and sin no more. And she walks away. Then we get to the powerful verse, verse 12, that we started out with. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the enemy of your soul first comes to tempt you, then comes to condemn you. Every one of us that have surrendered our lives to Jesus Christ have gone through this process. Like Mary, we heard. She heard about Jesus, the Son of God, that she was going to carry in her womb. We hear about Jesus who died on the cross. who's willing to carry our burden. But it takes a surrender. It takes a decision to say, I believe in him. Jesus did not come to condemn you. I don't know how many of you dealt with, even after I was saved, I dealt with condemnation so bad. Because I didn't know the word of God. I didn't really believe that Jesus had really forgiven me of all my sins, past, present, and future. I just believed he had forgiven me for the ones I had confessed. And so every time you messed up, anybody besides myself messed up at least one time after you got saved? Let me see your hand. Okay. The rest of you will have an altar call in a few minutes, give you an opportunity to get saved, get right with God. So as the angel Gabriel revealed to Mary that she would carry Jesus, so the Holy Spirit is here today to reveal to us that Jesus is knocking at heart's doors because he loves the lost. 
His father sent Gabriel to tell this young virgin, how old was Mary? Was she 13, 14, 15, 16 maybe? She's just a young virgin betrothed, engaged, preparing for marriage. And the angel comes. And he reveals such a significant moment in our history. All the fighting that's going on in the world, all the hatred, all the lies, all the sins. Jesus died for all of it. He didn't just die for the Jewish people. Died for the Palestinians as well. Died for Hamas. He died for you. I am thankful for the testimonies in the midst of these crazy times we're living in. I love the testimonies of salvation that are coming through every imaginable person. People telling of the dreams that they would have night after night after night. The testimony of the son of the leader of Hamas, who is a believer living in America today. Did you know that? It's an amazing story. Go Google it. Find the guy. Watch, hear his story. You think that guy didn't have a target on his back? Not ashamed. Mary wasn't ashamed to tell what she had been told. Even though you and I, we can't really, when you really try to wrap your brain around it, you know what her mom was going through, her dad was going through, what Joseph was going through, what Joseph's parents were going through, what her friends were going to go through. And they load her up and they send her off to Elizabeth, her cousin. Don't you love that story? Don't have time to tell that whole story, but don't you love that story? Talking about a confirmation. Come on, somebody. You remember when you got saved and the Lord gave you some confirmation from someone who came and testified of what they saw happening in your life? That's what happened. I mean, Mary, who knows how long she's been on the road from where she had told her folks and where her cousin lived. She had gone by Uber. Uber was the name of her jackass, her donkey. Come on, Uber. (laughs) She walked a while, she rode a while, she walked a while, she rode a while. Come on, think about it. She's worn out. She's wondering if what she had actually thought she heard, if it was actually real. I mean, she's out in the sun. She's baking. She's on the road. And she starts wondering, what was his name? Gabby, Gabby. He's a big old fella. I know that. I mean, you have to wonder, what, what was she thinking? She's worn out. She's tired. She's left her folks and the man that was supposed to marry her. 
She doesn't have a return ticket. Uber the donkey said, I ain't going back. She's walking with no, nothing but the word of this angel. But when she gets to her cousin's house, come on, somebody. You got to love this part of the story. When she gets to her cousin's house and she walks in, and her cousin, who is way past childbearing days, is with child. And the minute Elizabeth sees Mary, John the Baptist, the cousin, he goes to kicking. He goes to doing backflips in the womb. Woo! I mean, he's having a good time. And Elizabeth goes, why am I so honored? Come on, somebody. That the Son of God, wow. Why am I so honored to get to experience this? She's having her moment, but can I tell you what? I guarantee you that was some serious confirmation to Mary. She finally got somebody that believes her. Kind of like when you got saved. And people are like, yeah, we'll see if this, we'll see how long this works. <laughs> we'll, see how, we'll see how he walks this out. We, we'll see how long she can stop doing, you know, that stuff she was doing. Wearing those little skimpy dresses she was wearing. We'll, we'll see. Mary finally had somebody that believed. And it says that she stayed and hung out with her cousin. As Mary chose to believe and obey the Father's desire, you and I have to make the same decisions in our life. From the youngest one sitting in this room to the oldest, to those who are watching online or listening on a podcast, you're not going to make it to heaven without making a choice. Jesus has already done everything he's going to do. Now he's waiting for us to make the decision. What are we going to do with what he did? And you never know when your time on this earth is over. Friday, Pastor Francis, Brent and Kathy, our friends that we were staying with in their condo, and Brent's business partner, we were playing a fivesome at the golf course, got up at five in the morning, left at six, teed off at seven, and at about 9.15, after finishing the first nine, we're getting ready to tee off on the 10th hole. And Roberto, precious young man that I had met, retired, army guy, now working at the golf course, getting people's carts ready, big smile, cold bottles of water, 
just this super nice guy. And according whether you're saved or not saved, the conversation goes based on what he knows that you are. The minute he found out I was pastor, all of a sudden that, shee, hallelujah, words changed to hallelujahs. And, but when we got there that morning, he was very subdued, very not like Roberto. I spoke to him, we chatted a minute. He remembered my battle. I met him a year and a half ago, and, and he asked me how I was doing, and I got to share with him some of my story, and, and uh, he was rejoicing with me, and, and, uh, and then he, you know, we pushed us on our way, and so we finished the ninth hole. I drive up to the clubhouse to go to the restroom and get another bottle of water, and Francis and Brent were standing on the 10th hole, with Roberto. He drives up and he says, Mr. Brent, did you hear what happened last Friday? And he starts telling about one of the members of the club. Party man, 62 years old, loved to party, chain smoker, massive drinker, loved to be the life of the party. And around the same exact time that we were teeing off, one week earlier, this man bends over, puts his tee in the ground, lays his ball on the tee, stands up with his club, puts it in front of the ball, and drops dead over the ball. Life is over. His friends are in shock. Robert was there, the one who called the ambulance, in shock. And he's telling Brett, and Francis this story and was visibly shaken as well as some of the people in our party because the reality is you don't know when some of you are sitting in this room today and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ but your mind is I believe in God I believe in Jesus I believe in all that stuff one day one day, when I'm through, I'll get things right. You don't know when that day will ever come again. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of opportunity. Today is the day when the Lord is still knocking at your heart's door because he loves you. Amen. You're watching online today. You're by yourself. You're sitting with a cup of coffee. And you have no confidence that if you were to die today, what would happen to your life? Aren't you glad, believers, that you don't have to live with that wondering, that questioning? I am so thankful for the steadfast love of Jesus that's new every day in my life. I'm so thankful for the promise. that everything he said has, will, or will in the future come to pass. I'm thankful for the promise of my salvation. Not based on how good I am today. Not based on me being perfect. But as Gabriel came to Mary and got her attention, so the Holy Spirit today is coming to us. 
to tell us about the same Jesus that Gabriel had told Mary about. And as much as Mary had to make a choice, so you and I have to make a choice. It's not good enough to wait because you never know where your waiting will lead to. You know, I grew up with a lot of hellfire and brimstone messages being preached and pastors trying to scare the hell out of people. You can't scare the hell out of anyone. They don't have a revelation understanding. They, don't, they, they can't even really believe that they're going to die one day. Everybody else is going to die. But in their mind, they're thinking, I'm not, i got a long time. I am thankful that at eight years of age, the Lord started knocking on my heart's door. And all the stories I had heard out of the Word of God for eight years became life. And all of a sudden, it wasn't that I was fearful of hell anymore. It's that I wanted to know the God who had created me. I wanted to experience his love. I wanted to walk with him and fellowship with him and hear his voice. I wanted to learn how to trust him to be Lord of my life. And so I surrendered 58 years ago. Jesus, be Lord of my life. Today, this morning I woke up, I'm still saying, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Today, I want to know you more than I've ever known you before. I want to fellowship with you. I want to walk with you. I want to experience your goodness. I want to know the fullness of your love. I want to experience the power of the resurrection in my life. When, when the world, when the doctors, when medical says, this can't happen, Father, I want to watch you prove them wrong. Because Jesus paid a price. Not just for my salvation, but for my healing, for my marriage, for my finances, for my friendships, for the body of Christ. He paid a price for all of it. But like Mary, you have to make a decision. So this morning, with every head up and every eye looking around, <laughs> can't sneak into heaven, came a time when I ran to the altar. And I've been running to God ever since. There are times when you just, you, you can't do anything else, right? You just run to Jesus. That man that lived his life the way he wanted to live his life. He partied hard. He was the life of the party. But in one moment, his life was over. I don't condemn that man to hell. I don't know where he is today. I don't know what's going on in his eternity. But this I know. I don't want to be playing chance with God. Either his word is his word. His word, Gabriel's word to Mary was, and it radically changed her life. Holy Spirit's word to you will radically change your life. Amen. Jesus wants to be Lord of your whole life. 
So my prayer is that if you don't know him, that today you choose. I choose Jesus. I choose to surrender my life, my will, my personality, my attitude, my actions. I want to surrender it all to Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life. It's a decision that once you make it, you'll have no regret the rest of your life. But it's a decision that if you don't make it, you could end up with regret for all eternity. Is it worth the wager to miss? Because on top of it, the life that God has for you, it's so much bigger than the life you have for you. The life God sees for you, his thoughts for you, his favor over you, his desire over you. He thinks good thoughts. He looks at you and has a purpose, a plan, a future, and a hope that he wants you to experience all the rest of the days of your life. Whether you're young or old, he's got a plan that if you'll surrender to it, there'll be no regrets. So I want to invite you all to stand. I'm going to ask you not to leave anybody just for just a moment. Please hold your bladder. It'll, you'll be okay. <laughs> I know standing sometimes, we older guys, we've got to run to the little boys' room. But if you could just maintain for a moment, give respect to this moment in time. Today, today is a day of opportunity and a day of choice. But you have to choose. You have to surrender. I can pray a blanket prayer over all of us, but it's not the same as you responding and saying, I, by the raising of my hand, choose to surrender to Jesus Christ. I want to give him my whole life. So I'm going to pray in just a moment. Matter of fact, ministry team, if you'll come on down here, not talk, just come, turn around and begin to pray. We've done this a few times, so we don't need anybody to help us spread out a little bit. There we go. Thank you. Pastor Ron's laughing because he'd be the one. If you're standing in this room, and you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. You allow me the privilege of leading you in a prayer. Right where you stand, I want to ask you to just lift up your hand and hold it for just a moment. It's not about me. Thank you, dear. Thank you. Anybody else? This is your moment. Doesn't matter how young you are. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how many times you've been going to church. Are you right with Jesus Christ? When he came knocking at your heart's door, have you surrendered? There's some young people in our house that are getting to a place. Yes, dear, God bless you. 
Yes, thank you, sir. God bless you. Yes, dear, God bless you. See, it's a moment in time. It's not about me. I'm about, whoa, was pastor successful? Hey, I'm successful by just getting up and surrendering to Jesus. You're successful in surrendering to Jesus. Because Holy Spirit is knocking at some heart's doors today. You got to make, some of the young people in our house have to make a decision. They are not going the way of the world. And the only way they're going to ever accomplish that is to surrender to Jesus Christ, to be Lord of their entire life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Anyone else before we pray? Four or five have responded. But what matters is, do you need to respond? All right, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Invite the whole congregation to pray with you and with us. No greater moment in your entire life than this moment right here. So pray this prayer out loud in faith. Father God, I surrender to your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for me, who came out of the grave for me, who is at your right hand today, making intercession, making prayer, talking to you, Father, about me. Jesus, thank you for loving me, dying for me. Thank you that you have a plan for my life. Starting this day forward, I'm choosing you, Jesus. I invite you to be Lord of my life. I confess my sin. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin, everything I've done in the past, all my thoughts that are not pleasing, everything that's kept me separated from you. I reject, I denounce, and today I choose you, Jesus, Lord of my life. I give you thanks and praise. Holy Spirit, I invite you, come into my life. Enable me, strengthen me, help me to walk with Jesus all the rest of the days of my life. That is my choice, that is my desire, I pray this, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise for these. The same thing that happened to Mary has just happened to you five folks that responded and raised your hand. Gabriel coming to Mary was no more powerful than Holy Spirit coming to you to reveal Jesus. And your surrender and obedience to Jesus changes everything. So today, I bless you to begin to walk as a son or a daughter of the Most High God. Surrender every day, every moment, every hour, to Jesus Christ. Serve him, love him, surrender to him. Let him be the Lord of your life. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.